As I was saying in the Sunday school class this morning, it is a great privilege for me to be here today. It's an honor on my behalf that I could come out and be a part of your worship services this morning, be a part of, uh, I know everybody's gone visiting today, not really visiting, gone elsewhere, but uh, probably on their way back by now, but uh, it's an honor for me to be here. Uh, I've been here throughout the years a couple of times. Uh, I guess the last time I spoke here, I was trying to add it up. Uh, I think it was in uh, 2000 was the last time I've actually spoke here was in the year 2000. So it is an honor for me to be here today and be a part of your, not only your class this morning, be a part of your worship service. Uh, currently, I go to uh, McCollinsville Church of Christ. I've spoke for many years, 30-something uh, years uh, most of the time it was at Haydenburg or Harrigan. I uh, preached uh, many years just here and there and wherever I was needed and sort of into this a little bit right now, just preaching around about, but I'm also an elder at, uh, at McCornsville Church of Christ. But it's a pr privilege, real privilege for me to be here today. It seems like... As you look in our society today, it seems like the fact that people, that, they just try to blur what's right and wrong. Just sort of what Isaiah was saying there a moment ago as he was trying to address the nation of Israel right there. That there is so many to the fact that try to call evil good and good evil. They just got it all twisted around. They got it all twisted up and it's not to the fact that they got it twisted up because they don't know any better. It's to the fact Yes, they are knowing they are capable of knowing better. It's to the fact that we call good and evil, we, we just blur what's light and darkness now, sin and what's good. We just got it all messed up and we do it to the fact because we ourselves are engaged in the sin. We ourselves are engaged in the sin and we need to remove it out of our lives. Come clean with it before God in our lives. We just blur everything up. It's sort of like a politician's way of doing things. Now, uh, you know, they say a whole lot of everything, but then again, when you listen to it, they say a whole lot of nothing at the same time, just when it gets down to it. Uh, they just never truly get to the heart of the matter. They never want to, you know, just really get down to this is the truth. And this is the standard. Our standard in all things is the word of God. Our standard of truth is the word of God. What we look at and compare our lives to, what we look at and gauge everything in this world is about the word of God and it only. There is nothing else out there. We live in a society now to the fact that we just want to freely do everything that we want to. It's just, what do we sort of say it this way of? Uh, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. If we think we're happy engaging in sin in our life, we think we're happy just living a life of a sinner, your values are totally messed up. Your values are totally messed up because you're living, your soul is twisted. It's all twisted up. It is not happiness. It's not found outside of Jesus Christ. If you're outside of God, you're outside of his son, Jesus Christ, you are not in happiness. 
You're, you may think you have a short-term happiness here. While you're here upon this earth, but you do not have happiness. You do not have the happiness that's found in God and the peace of mind that when you lay your head down at night and go to bed, that wherever I wake up, here or eternity, I'm okay. In fact, I might even be better. I know, in fact, I know I'd be better waking up on the other side of that eternity right there. But we, as Isaiah is trying to point out to the fact, we sometimes just get our priorities. We get everything just so twisted up. We get everything so twisted up. Of, we just don't really, we try to make it where there's no clear-cut moral distinctions whatsoever out in this world. What is right? What is wrong? We got it so blurred up, we call it the gray area. We just, we don't really know what's wrong anymore. Uh, and it's sort of like it's commonplace, just sort of to live in that way. Sometimes I think it's to the fact that people don't believe in God. And I think that's some of it. To the fact that some do not believe in Almighty God. They do not want to follow after Him. They're, they just totally don't believe Him. Some believe in God. But this is just, they try to twist God into being what they want Him to be in this. Because if you don't believe in God, you know, everything's permissible. You can just do what you want to do after that. Uh, but the fact is, there is an almighty God. I explained in my class before I say it again. I, I said that, you know, one day we're going to stand before him. And yes, scripture's pointed out that I believe we'll be on our knees before him. Be more to the fact I will be on my knees before the almighty God one day. Why do you come to church? I mean, it's, it's assembly together. Why have you came here today? Many to the fact would say, I'm going to say it's an overall thought. We come here because we want to feel good. I want to feel good. When I leave here and go out that door, I want to feel good about everything. And I, I get that because I'm part of that one too. I want to feel good. I want to be uplifted. When I come out of here. I'm going to tell you the real reason why we're here today. We're here to worship the almighty God. You better have brought your bucket full to worship the almighty God. We should have been way prepared. We come this morning to worship the almighty God. Because that is why we're here. You know, if we're not, we're going to go home with a bucket empty also. We're, God, God gives you more back. When you give him, when you roll it out and worship to him, he gives you a lot more back. I want to be happy. I want to praise the Almighty God. I want to feel good when I leave here. I want to feel good because I'm right with God. And I want praising Him for what He has done for us and everything. Now, the church, you might say, well, is church about truth? Well, yes, church is about truth. Church is about truth, truth of the Word of God that we follow after the Word of God, what God has said to us. It's church about the fact of doing what God says. Well, yes. It sort of goes back to his word there, doesn't it? I've got to do what he says within his word right there. Also, we come together and study of his truth here, so I know what is right and what is wrong in this life, and that there is a difference. 
There is. I can say it's gray or whatever, and, you know, we don't know which way it goes, or we can believe whatever we want. God has proclaimed within his truth what we are to do, how we are to live our lives. How we're to live, there is a right and there is a wrong. Wrong's wrong. It's just that simple. It, it sounds stupid having less. This is my lesson title, by the way. Wrong is wrong. You might, might think that is about the silliest thing. But how silly it is, the fact we don't believe it. We don't believe it. We don't follow after it. We don't believe to the fact, totally believe to the fact, wrong is wrong in the eyes of God. I don't care what it is, it's still wrong in the eyes of God. You might say, well, James, you're a little bit old-fashioned. You're outdated to the fact that, you know, things have evolved and changed in this world in the last 2,000 years. I know it is. My God doesn't lie. He's still the same today forevermore. He's the same. His truth is still the same. Wrong is still wrong. If he said then it was wrong, it's still wrong today. If it's right, it's right. Same way. Wrong's wrong even if, you, even if we don't get caught. You know, sometimes to the fact, we, we'll do as we please as long as we don't get caught at it. Nobody else knows about it. We're okay with all of this. It, it, wrong's wrong at that time. Well, no, it's not. It's one thing. It's, if you're living your life that way today, by the way, you're twisted inside. Your soul is twisted up right now. Your soul is twisted up because you're coming here on Sunday and trying to worship the Almighty God, and you're trying to live that double life of sin out there, and it's all twisted up, and it's got to be vexing on your soul. And also you will be losing your soul because you know that. You know that. Wrong is wrong. Wrong is wrong even if I don't know the word of God. Wrong is still wrong. A few years ago, Linda and I was in Cool. We were driving down. God bless everyone. I'm standing, you know, beside the police officer. We take off through the light, and I thought, why is he driving so slow here? I pass him. I pass him, and I get in front of him as we're going down through there. And I pull over, get in front of him, and as we're driving down through there, he turns the lights on. I thought, what in the world have I done? So I pull off one of the parking lots to get off the main highway, and I'm I'm also just trying to figure out why, what have I done. When he comes up to the vehicle, he asks me, do you know what you've done? I said, well, did I have a light out? You know, my signal lights or something like that, one of them out? And he said, no, you're speeding. You're speeding. I couldn't believe it. I told him, I said, there's no way. I, I'm not speeding. I know I was not speeding. I said, you were driving slow. I was not speeding. And he said, no, you were speeding and he said, just how fast do you think the speed limit is down Jefferson? I said, it is 40 miles an hour. So after we got out of the vehicle, we walked down the street there where he could point it out, 30 miles an hour, right beside him, right in front of where I was parked, 30 miles an hour. Now, he's a nice guy. He let me go. 
just because I did not pay attention, just because I didn't know what the law was, did that stop me from being subject to the law? No, I'm still subject to the law. If he wanted to, give me a ticket. I told him that because I, I messed up. But it was still to the fact I'm subject to law even if I don't know the law. I should know the word of God and be because uh, I'm still subject to it one way or the other. I'm still subject to the law either way in this. We sometimes have this thought that I can do as I please. I can do whatever I want to in this life. If I don't get called at it, I'm okay. I'm okay. Long as the game warden doesn't know I've got, don't have license, I'm okay. Or the teacher is not looking as I'm copying off the paper off of someone else up there. Or my boss doesn't know. And by the way, I am a boss, and I have to tell you, boss does know too on that. So don't, don't try to pull that, and the boss knows that in this. Or maybe to the fact your parents, you say, Parents not fucking find out there's, you know, when you're young, your parents you think are the stupidest people in the world. But they're not as stupid as you think they are, too. They're just not that stupid. Or the elders or the preachers or the people you go to church with, they don't know. They may not for a while. They may not for a while. Proverbs 15th chapter and verse 3. Beautiful thought right there. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. He's keeping watch on the evil and the good. He knows what's going on. His eye is beholding everything that transpires in this earth. You're not pulling one off on God. That's what he's trying to say. Don't you think you're pulling one over on God. Don't think to the fact that he doesn't know what you're doing. He does. He knows everything, everywhere, all the time. He knows this. It's laid up in front of him. It's bare before him and everything. Nothing is hidden from God. Nothing is. I may think I am so smart sometimes. I'm going to tell you God knows the truth about it. I'm not. Uh, also, he knows what I am doing in my life. You know what? God knew the fact uh, when God told Jonah to go Nineveh and Jonah went to, let's get on that ship, I'm headed to Tarshish. He's heading really in the opposite direction almost. God knew where he's at. When Jonah got down to the bottom of that ship, God knew he was down there. He didn't pull one over on God. He knew where he was at all the time. He knew to the fact, and Achan, Achan when that battle right there of Jericho and he kept part of the, Gold and raiments and a few things and hid it in his tent. There, you know, he knew every bit of it. He knew that's why they lost that next battle of Ai. He knew God knew every bit of it. He knew the sin of Achan there. Ananias and Sapphira. He knew how much they sold that property for, and he knew how much they had lied and told everybody and told the apostles they sold it for. It's a lie. It wouldn't matter. They could have kept the money. There wasn't nothing wrong with that. But they lied about it. They lied to God. They lied to the Holy Spirit about it. And they died for it. Right there. Because God knew about it. God knew what David had done when David committed adultery. He knew that. He knew it was an adulterous situation there. Even though David didn't think nobody else knew it. He knew about the murder that David transpired and caused to bring about because of this too 
Because wrong is wrong. Wrong is wrong even if you don't get caught at it. Wrong is still wrong. It's uh, some may call, as we're talking about in Isaiah, some may call good evil and things like that. And, well, it, cutting out all of our fun and everything like that. But wrong is still wrong in the eyes of God. I don't care how we twist it around. Wrong is still wrong in the eyes of God. Rather than trying to seek to get away with something that is wrong and sinful there, we need to have more respect for God and his word and try to obey God. Now, wrong is wrong even if we're doing it for a good cause or we think it's a good cause. That's the one that gets hard sometimes. You know, Satan works on us on that one. It's, well, this, you know, it might be wrong any other time, but when I'm doing it, it's not wrong because I do it for a good cause. My sin is for a good cause. That's why Satan wants you to believe and twist it around a little bit right there. Works a little overtime in that. You know, have you ever heard the statement to the fact, you know, uh, I'd never steal anything, and I wouldn't. I would never steal anything because uh, I know that's against God's law, but my family's hungry. My kids are hungry. I'd steal. Have you ever heard people say that? Sounds righteous. Sounds like you should, you know, justify it in a sense. Kids are hungry, and maybe under those circumstances, you got to do what you got to do. And that thought right there. Uh, it's still wrong, though. You know that? Circumstances doesn't change the things of this, the sin. It just doesn't change it in that sense there. The message is really not about stealing when I said that right there. It's about right and wrong there. And right and wrong are not defined or get redefined by the circumstances. It's still wrong right there. If something's wrong, it's, it's still wrong. No matter if I'm doing it or you doing it or circumstance, it's still wrong. Whatever it is right there. We can try to find honorable purposes for our sins, but it just doesn't work that way with God. Wrong is wrong. 1 John 3rd chapter and verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Right there. It's a transgression of God's law. Sin, it doesn't say, you know, when James does it, you know, it, it sort of gets overlooked when I do it. Or under these circumstances, it's sin, but many other circumstances, it's not. Whosoever commits sin, it's, it's, a, it's lawlessness. It's transgression in that. First John 5th chapter, verse 17. All unrighteousness is sin. If it's not of God, it is sin. And there is sin not leading to death. All unrighteousness is sin. He sort of didn't, you know, break it apart. You know, well, when I do it, it's different. Didn't go that route with it, did he? Think about in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel uh, 6 chapter. Not any particular verse, it's just the story of it all. This one always gets me, don't you? It's Uzziah. Uzziah. I... 
you sort of, in a way, you try to sympathize with Uzziah and what he did there. God said, nobody touches that ark. Well, in the first place, there's a lot of things white wound up in the first place where it was at. That's an entirely different story. And David decides to bring it back. He's trying to bring it back, and he's not doing it the right way, first of all. Priests should be carrying it. They should have the staves between it, and they should be carrying it. Uh, there's a special way it should have been done in ceremony and everything that was being moved. But instead, David sends the old ox cart down there. We think some of the roads probably are bad here in the back roads of Jackson County. That's nothing. I'm sure this is nothing but old cow paths of what they're trying to travel on with an ox cart. That thing's rocking and rattling as he's trying to go through, down through what that, we can call it just a cow path, probably, down through there. And this is God, this is a representative of God here. This Ark of the Covenant, Aaron's staff in it that budded, Ten Commandments in it, uh, uh, the Omer pot, pot of Manna, it's in it. This is representative of what God gives them to man. But man is not to touch this. That a wax cart's rocking and rolling as it's going down through there, back and forth and everything else. Dark, is it going to turn over or not? It starts to rock over and you say, probably I've, I'm not going to say nothing, but I believe if I was there, I probably died right beside you, because I'd probably grab it. I'm afraid. Uzziah dropped to the ground dead. God struck him dead in a moment. At that time for just trying to stop the ark from, don't let it tip over right there. Why? The Bible says the anger of the Lord burned against Uzziah and God struck him down there for his irreverence. He died there by the ark of God. It's hard to understand that. But circumstances doesn't change. When God said don't touch it, he meant don't touch it. Do you think God would allow that ark to turn over? No, he probably wouldn't. He wouldn't allow it to happen. But many were angry. David was misguided about why this was done. His anger is even was at God about this. And why did Uzziah die by touching the ark right there? Because God forbid it. God said, no, don't touch the ark. It was wrong for him to do it in the first place right there. Now, think about this right is defined as any motive or act that is in harmony with divine will of God. Now, wrong is the exact opposite of that. Wrong is wrong no matter what. It's defined as any motive principle that is not according to the will of God. It's not changed by circumstances or anything like that. Wrong's wrong, period, in that. Wrong's wrong even if it doesn't violate your conscience. Pray to God that your conscience has been trained in this. Uh, most of the time our conscience, I'm afraid, is not trained the way it should be. Uh, it needs to be trained by the word of God. Uh, it could be a good indicator of right and wrong, but most of us don't have our conscience trained the way it needs to be trained right there. Conscience is a great tool of education to us. It can keep you from doing wrong things if it's trained right in our life. Like I said, most people's is not trained the way it should be. 
I read once that somebody said about your conscience, you use it like a wheelbarrow. You put it in front of you, and you just put it wherever you want to put it. You know, push it along. So you put it wherever you want to, you make it right is right, and what's wrong is wrong out of it. Conscience has got to be trained by the Word of God. It may not violate your conscience to do certain things, but no matter what, you know, God's Word is still the standard. It is the true standard of our lives. That's what determines what is right and what is wrong in our life. Now, wrong is wrong also, even if everybody else is doing it. I don't care if everybody else, if the whole world's doing it, it's still wrong. My mother's here today uh, with me. Uh, my mother, and when I was a kid, if your mom and daddy didn't say it, they said it in some form or fashion of mine when she said it to me. I, I would go to her, Mama, but everybody else is going here, but everybody else is doing this, Mama. I don't care if everybody's jumping off the bridge. You're not jumping off right behind them, neither. And I'm sure you have said it to your I have actually repeated this, too, to my kids. Uh, you said it in some form or fashion, or have been told when you was younger, some form or fashion, the same way. Because it's a poor excuse, isn't it? Just because everybody else is doing it, it's a poor excuse to be doing something. Absolutely poor excuse. I don't care if the whole society is doing something, does it make it right? In fact, probably not going to be right, if anything, in this. It's still God's word is the standard in all things. What God has said for us to do is the principle and the standard for our lives. When he says it's wrong, it's wrong right there. God doesn't give you and me a right of a vote in this. I determine, you know, well, God, I've changed my mind on this past couple of years. I think it's right now. It's not up to me to decide that. God has told me what's right and what's wrong. And when it's wrong, it's wrong no matter what. It's still wrong. In Isaiah's day, as we started our lesson with the book of Isaiah, the lines of you know, light and darkness and things of this nature was getting, man was trying to make it blurred right there. Trying to make it blurred. And Isaiah was trying to get everybody, we simply got to go back to the word of God and all things. Let it be the source of our inspiration and our truth. And amen, it's still to be today. Nothing has changed about that. I don't care what everybody else is doing. If it's wrong by God, it is still wrong by God. Even if it's the lifestyle of people within the church, if it's our parents even, or if our spouse, or whatever it may be, if it's still wrong, it's wrong. It don't matter what they are doing. It's still wrong. We just need to be watching our steps a little bit closer because we're examples to everybody else. We should be a righteous example to them. Wrong is wrong even if it goes with this same thought, even if everybody else calmly accepts this. If everybody else says it's okay. In my years, and I ain't speaking like I'm a thousand years old, but uh, some days I feel you know, 9.99 anyway, it feels that close. But uh, how much has changed in life? What people used to, things I never heard about, you know, I was almost grown before I heard about these things, these sinful things. Uh, 
and now it's commonplace. You can't turn TV on without hearing about it. And that's all it's discussed, or it's the proper, they think it's a proper, world thinks it's a proper way of doing things. I'm going to tell you what, the Bible's still clear cut and it's not changed. Adultery is still adultery. We can call it, you know, we're having an affair. It's still, it's still adultery. It's still adultery in the eyes of God. We can uh, call a fornication and adultery of living together. I'm going to tell you what it says in the eyes of God. It's still sin. Playing house together doesn't constitute marriage. It is still sin in the eyes of God. Uh, nothing's changed about that. A uh, premarital relationship is not something for a trial basis. It's, in the eyes of God, it's reserved for those who go together in marriage in this. People uh, try to overlook, and we have, our laws have changed slightly on this about uh, abortion, abortion still murder, I don't care where they do it. You know, what state they do it in, it's still murder. Ain't nothing changed about that. Homosexuality, uh, God created man and woman. And with God, that's, that's a marriage right there. A man and woman with God is a marriage. There's nothing else, any, no, any other arrangement man makes with it doesn't constitute marriage. That is his arrangement for mankind. And I could keep going on with all of these right here. You already know what I'm meaning by these things right here. It's not that we have lived in a new society and things like that, that things have changed and stuff like that. Exodus 23rd chapter, verse 2. You shall not follow a crowd or a mob to do evil, nor shall you testify in dispute as to turn aside many after to pervert justice. Because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean you ought to be doing it also. Because the whole world's leading to sin and on the path to hell, on the broad highway interstate to hell, doesn't mean that we should be on it also in our life. There is a better way that we can find a way of truth right there. There's a guideline in our scripture that he sets forth in 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter. We need to test all things. Test by the word of God. Is it in accordance to the word of God? Then I can do these things. Hold fast what is good there. Abstain from every form of evil. You talk about the gray areas, and people say to the fact, well, the gray areas, you know, it doesn't matter. Right? God didn't say, don't do this. Abstain from every form of evil. God just put, just, I call it the wrap-up part of the verse. You know, if you think there's a gray area right there, it ends it right there. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Test it. Put the test to all things right there. Uh, hold on to what is good in all things. God is trying to tell you through his word what we're to do. When we try to blur up things, it's to the fact that we blur them up. We try to blur them because we want to live this life of sin right there. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. It's not up to anyone else. Uh, it's not... Based upon opinion, it's based upon the Word of God. We need to get back to the word, word of God and test all things. 
Test all things and live according to his will right there. There's a way. There is a way of truth that God set forth in his word. We need to follow it. Now, if we've been practicing wrong this morning, when I say wrong, I just, just get to the bottom. Of it. It's sin. If we're living in sin, we need to come out of our sin. We need to get right back on track with God again. We need to hold the standards of truth very, very highly in God. Uh, that's the heavenly truth that we should hold forth. It's not opinions. It is God. What God has set forth for us to do. And this morning, we need to be justified for the almighty God. We need to be justified before him. We can blur all these lines up that you want to. We can talk and say, well, God didn't say not to do this. You can do all of this stuff that you want to do. Bottom line gets back to the fact that you want to go to heaven or not. You really want to go to heaven or not. You want to follow his way of truth or not. We can twist it around, but I'm going to tell you again, I tried to use that word earlier, stand before him in the day of judgment when I fall on my knees before him on the day of judgment. Am I ready to go to my maker? Says eternity with him. Now, you blur all the lines you want, you know the answer. 